You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, kicking off the week's worth of podcasts. Need a day off yesterday to get over that stunning Saints loss, which is going to lead us into talking about something in the second half of the show. But we've got kind of big news, kind of, because we don't know what it means just yet that we're going to cover in the first segment here, and that's about Anthony Davis switching his agent, uh, at least potentially. Well, he's switching it. We don't know exactly who it is just yet. I'll tell you why we don't. We can certainly give you who we think it's going to be, what it means for the Pelicans, what it means for his upcoming contracts, how long at the very minimum will the Pelicans likely have him for. We'll talk about all of that and more in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So, of course, that was the big news. Anthony Davis switching his agent previously with Thad Foucher, actually a New Orleans native there. And he's filed the paperwork with the Players Union. You've got to wait 15 days then to officially switch agents. But everyone is just assuming Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, who represents LeBron James uh, alongside with John Wall and others, is going to be his new agent. Which is then, of course, going to lead to a lot of speculation about the future of Anthony Davis and where he is going to play or want to be. Now, look, AD's never said anything about wanting to switch teams publicly at least. And the the team is saying all the right things in the wake of the DeMarcus Cousins departure, though I think a lot of that spin, I've talked about that here. Um, and I can tell you for a fact that this did catch AD off guard. So anyone telling you, well, you know, he w- it wouldn't have happened without him saying so, wanting it. If, if Cousins just wanted to take someone else's deal, there's not like AD could have known and been like, hey, you know, give him more money or anything like that. At that point, the relationship between Cousins and the Pelicans had broken down. Besides the point, though, there's he's never said anything wrong publicly, but we all know that there is a bit of a clock ticking here in New Orleans with his future because he wants to win. And as long as New Orleans is winning and not just, you know, getting a sweep in the first round of the Trailblazers and then losing to the Warriors in the next round, this means getting further than that, at least getting to, you know, a conference final, something along those lines, then he's going to stay and there shouldn't be any problem. He does really like it here. He has a, he's hyper aware, as I've always said, of leaving a legacy is going down as one of the best players of all time in the NBA, but of also what he does in the community and other things like that. That's very, very important to him. So I think that matters in getting up and leaving all of that he's building here, I think doesn't necessarily sit with him and isn't necessarily what he wants. So I think that's a good thing here. So there's going to be speculation of it. And of course, it means nothing until you really hear it sourced behind a guy like Woj or Shams or Mark Stein or any of those big NBA reporters. Till then, it's all just people wishing he could go somewhere else, which Pelicans fans, you guys do this to other teams players too. So it's not just the media picking on New Orleans here. So I think that's kind of the thing we've got to realize. None of this means anything until something's actually said. Certainly, does it maybe make you think eventually he'll end up with the Lakers? Honestly, yeah, a little bit. 
You saw, you know, Chris Paul, after he joined with uh, LeBron's former agent, he wanted to leave and then kind of forced a trade and moved on out of here. But, you know, Holiday switched agent agents also from Thad Voucher and he stayed and re-signed. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It could be just, you know, he wants a new agent, new representation. And by the way, AD, if you need a new agent, I'm your man here. You're going to get a max deal. You're going to get the, the designated player extension, which we'll talk about in you know, 30 seconds or so here. I can get you those deals, and I'll take a smaller cut than Rich Paul of Clutch Sports will. So if you want to save some money, give me a call. Um, you know, you, you can hit me up on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. So, you know, why should AD not want to leave, though, is maybe the question, regardless of who his agent is. And, of course, that's the defensive not the defensive, the designated player veteran extension, which basically is going to come to a little over $230 million over five years. Because it's with the current team, you get that extra year year in there. You can sign a five-year deal versus a four-year deal. And then you get 35% of the salary cap instead of 30. It's a significant amount of money. Any other team that he wants to leave and sign with, he's not losing out, but he's leaving $84 million on the table. I think you've got to be careful and not say that it costs him that much money. It's just he's leaving it on the table. And that's the case here because certainly the Pelicans will give him that super max extension, which would make him the highest paid player in NBA history. And as long as this team's winning, that's what is going to likely happen here because... Once you sign that, you must stay with your current team for a year. So you have to assume Davis stays next year. Then he's going to sign the new contract. Uh, Then he's got one more year after that. Then he signs the new contract and he's got to stay. That's three more years of Anthony Davis. That's likely what this is going to be. Maybe after that third year, he does want out and wants to go somewhere else. But at least it gives New Orleans, the Pelicans, Dell Demps, whoever is running this team, all of those guys, some time to at least try and put a winner around him. Look, $84 million is a lot uh, to turn down and not want to take. Now, maybe he's made enough and it doesn't matter. And we've seen some guys take less money now to stay in a winning situation or go to a more winning situation, something like that. So you've got to wonder if maybe that was on his mind, but we've got nothing that really kind of tells us that or anything. So I think it'll be interesting to see. But if I had to bet, it's likely still AD stays here for three more years if you count this upcoming season. And that's good. Again, it buys you time. It gives you time on what to do. And there's just speculation elsewhere that doesn't really matter and Personally, I just tune it out, don't listen, don't read it, and I don't take a look at what's going on most other places anymore because it eh, doesn't really matter. So don't worry too much until we start to hear things. And of course, then if we do hear things, then we're going to you know, sound the DEFCOM alarms. We're going to raise all sorts of hell and be upset and probably burn some jerseys and then try and figure out a way maybe we can make this right and not lose Anthony Davis here in New Orleans. But right now, again, three more years, I think, is at least what we're looking at for Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. So fantasy football is underway and we have two fantasy football shows to help you now. Locked on Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you all the latest news, waiver wire suggestions, and injury updates. Locked on Fantasy Football is now locked on fantasy football experts with amazing guests every day. Monday, you've got Tom Kenisich, Tuesday's Eric Edholm, Wednesday's Jeff Ratliff, and Tyre Lochner. They're going to give you everything you guys need to know to win your league, win pride amongst your friends, and more importantly, get those dollars. You want to take it from there, and of course, you don't want to finish last whatsoever in your league. The experts over with our Fantasy Football Podcast are going to help you avoid that. 
So before we jump into the next section, I do want to mention something we're going to cover tomorrow. So make sure you guys tune in. We've got the top 100 players of 2019 out over at Sports Illustrated. We're going to take a look at where the Pelicans players are ranked in there. Anyone a little low? Anyone a little too high? We'll kind of break it down, give you their reasoning, their insight behind this, and let you guys know what I think here as someone who watches the Pelicans. Probably a little bit more than them, but I do trust the guys over at Sports Illustrated a whole lot. So that's going to be coming in tomorrow's edition of Locked On Pelicans. But today we got to talk about some expectation stuff because looking at that top 100, two names kind of jumped out at me and I wondered if maybe they were a little bit low. But I think that has to do with expectations, perceptions, things like that, particularly from people on the outside kind of looking in. And we saw this on Sunday with the Saints and giving up 48 points after the defense was supposed to be so improved. It had looked so good in training camp going against Drew Brees every single day. Can you believe it? After practicing against Drew Brees in not real games, they didn't live up to it. Or preseason, which is really tough to kind of get a read on anything anymore, particularly when guys don't even play in it whatsoever at times. And this kind of jumped to my initial thinking, and I made a joke about this, of maybe we shouldn't base so many expectations, set our expectations off of training camp in weird situations where you don't see guys in like a real game going full-on game speed. You guys know what I'm doing here. I'm going to throw a downer on the Frank Jackson stuff, and I know you guys are excited. I promise as we get closer closer to the season, I'm going to save it for that because that's when people are going to get really upset and feisty with me, and we may as well do that when we have kind of stakes involved in all of that. But I think it kind of shows you Frank Jackson played 13 minutes in Summer League over two seasons. That's it. And there's some people who really want to kind of almost crown him and say he's going to be a great player. And I think you see with the Pelicans not necessarily making a move in free or uh, or wanting to make a move in free agency, I should say, to bring in another point guard. Another guard kind of tells you all you need to know about how they're feeling about that. Certainly, they wanted to go with his first season, the route that Czech Diallo went, where mainly you were in the G League and you were just kind of up on occasion with the team there in case of some injuries and different things like that. But really just kind of getting to the G League, making mistakes, just playing, working one-on-one with one of the Pelicans trainers during that time and player development guys. And I don't think that's necessarily changed now that Frank Jackson's a year older, even though he didn't play last season. But I know people are really excited and we see him working out with the Holiday Brothers and he could look great against them. And you can see the athleticism. But... Things are much, much faster in an actual NBA game where you need to make decisions and think and know where to go and know what to do and have to kind of figure all of that out on the fly in the moment, which is a whole lot harder than working one-on-one against the guy or shooting or driving against nobody. We all remember the infamous Yee chair tape, which may or may not exist, which is maybe something we should dive into one day because there's a whole conspiracy theory about that. But it It shows you that until you really hit a game time thing, it's really tough to kind of know what to expect. So that's the only reason I just like to pump the brakes on Frank Jackson. And look, you guys are free to do what you want to do. This is America after all, right? Um, So I think, you know, if you want to set those expectations, you can't come to me and be upset. You can't go to the Pelicans and be upset if it doesn't work out. I think maybe this is one of those ones where we need to set things down a little bit lower. But I know you're listening. I know you're going to be upset with this and you're going to tweet me at it and it's okay. 
I'm here with you. I'm hoping for the best with him, but I think we saw on Sunday with that Saints game, we need to be a little bit more careful with that, which reminds me of something I wanted to talk about. As we've kind of looked around the league wondering what the Pelicans are going to do with that kind of final training camp spot, potential roster spot form, we know they're going to probably bring in someone on an unguaranteed deal or partial guaranteed deal after having um, Wallace matched by the Clippers. Look, the Clippers still might cut him, by the way. It's something worth keeping in mind that the money to Balmer 300000 it's nothing to him or them, and they're actually further away from the luxury tax than I thought. That means they very well might cut him, but it was worth just matching for the 300000 and then the Pelicans can go and get him there later. Patrick Beverly is going to be another option from them, too. Now with the Bulls, kind of... Not the Bulls, sorry. Yeah, they're basically the Bulls. The Timberwolves signing Luol Dang and kind of having a ton of roster spot crunch as well. Tyce Jones might become available or someone like that because for whatever reason, Tibbs does not want to play him at all. So I think all of those are going to be realistic possibilities. So keep that in mind that just because it hasn't been filled right now doesn't mean it won't get filled in the future and doesn't, again, we'll tie it back to Jackson, mean that he's ready to step up and play right away. I think we all have high hopes for Jackson, but got to see it a little bit more against kind of actual NBA players, even if they're just second units before I'm going to start to buy in and believe it. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. No need to panic just yet about Anthony Davis and no need to get too excited, in my opinion at least, over Frank Jackson yet. And there still might be other moves coming down as teams need to start to pare their rosters down after training camp. And the Pelicans are in prime position to offer someone some minutes and maybe have a roster spot to go out and do so considering they're going to carry at least one or two guys on non-guaranteed deals. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.